broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is CW. Thank you for checking out the Midtown Business Radio Show. On this week's episode, I was pleased to sit down with a longtime fixture in Georgia media. Richard Warner joined me in the studio, and he's been honored with a Career Achievement Award from the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. He hosted Georgia Public Broadcasting's Georgia Business Show for over 30 years, and he's been a featured commentator on business topics of a wide variety of types on WXIA and WGST for a number of years as well. And today... Richard spends his time helping mid to large companies create content to meet their branding, inbound marketing and customer service needs through a consultative digital strategy and media production. And in our conversation, he talked about the importance today of creating interesting and relevant content to maximize the likelihood that potential clients will find an enterprise online, come to view them as subject matter experts, and hopefully become more inclined to become a client when the need arises for the product or service being offered by that particular enterprise. Here's Richard talking about the importance of content and the importance of having the information that you're putting out be useful and helpful to that particular client's business. Check it out. It's the ultimate people vote with their feet. People vote with their eyes. Are you putting out content that people are consuming? And that will tell you if it's relevant or not. If you put it out there and you do a degree of social marketing, then the readers become your promoters. So there's really no way to fake it. You have to be putting out, and it really is an indication of how good you are, of how relevant you are, how much you understand what it is that the marketplace is asking, demanding. It's so fast now that when you're putting content out, it will be consumed if it's relevant. It will not be consumed if it's not. It will get shared. It will get picked up because it's being shared. It'll get picked up by search engines. So you can very quickly become relevant and the traffic that comes to your website is an order of magnitude higher when it's good and it's updated frequently. And likewise, if it's not, you will drop quickly. So it has to be fed all the time. When I'm talking to a customer, when the team is talking to a customer, the focus is how can we grow your customer's business? Because that's how you grow your business. Stick around. I got the full interview with Richard Warner talking about digital strategy coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Thanks for making us part of your day today. I'm really pleased to be introducing you to somebody you may already know, actually, Richard Warner. I know him. (laughs) He's the CEO and founder of a company called What's Up Interactive. And if you've not worked with him through What's Up Interactive, which many, many organizations around the Atlanta area in particular have, you very well might know him from his previous work in a previous life in radio and also in television on a couple of different channels here yeah. around the Atlanta area. So thanks for taking some time to stop by. CW, good to be here. Good to see your, your home away from home. That's right. And for folks who aren't familiar with Richard Warner, talk about your background, because like I say, you spent a fair amount of time in media. And then uh, when you stepped away, putting your focus into being talent on air, you leveraged that experience to now helping businesses grow their market share in digital strategy and branding. So talk about the past life, and then we'll tie it into this one. Well, uh, this was radio and television in, uh, in Atlanta in the 70s and 80s and 
90s on uh, public TV and on Fox, which is almost a contradiction in terms. So you got the public television, which is perceived as uh, more liberal, and you've got Fox, which is perceived as conservative. But the reality was it wasn't that extreme either way. And learning radio, learning television, learning how to be comfortable in front of a camera and a microphone, uh, started in college where you could go be bad, learn how to do it, and then came over to Atlanta after I graduated. So I think that knowledge and the repetition of doing it was a real help in how to move a customer's business forward because it's all about communication today. It's like this. It's digital. It's rules have changed. Instead of trying to reach a super mass audience, which was how success used to be defined, yeah. now it's reaching a more targeted audience no matter what you do. And, and a format like the web allows you to do that. And that's the thing that I have found to be interesting, and it, it really kind of dovetails into what we do here. We talked a little bit yesterday about the Business Radio X platform, and from the standpoint of traditional media, it's all about trying to have content on there that many, many people would interact with and yeah. have some sort of opinion about what they're saying. Typically, you, you want to play on your emotions in one form or fashion and hook you in, and therefore they can put some ads out there that surely out of this 400,000 listeners, one of those 400 businesses that I need to talk to in the city would be hearing it and, and act on it. Yeah. What we're talking about here with regards to digital strategy and taking advantage of the power of the internet is you can then begin to put your message just in front of the people that need to hear it and don't waste time on all of the people who really have no interest in, or need for what you're talking about. There's a, there's an old saying in advertising and marketing that 50% of my budget isn't working. I just wish I knew what 50% <laughs> it was. So that's something that the internet and digital marketing has done is really turn marketing on its ear. And it used to be, we learned this in college, that mass media was the way to reach masses of people. And yeah. in theory, some percentage of those people are going to buy your product. Yeah. No matter what business you're in now, it's gotten to the point where you can can more effectively not only target them, but you can also set it up so they will find you. So it's particularly for, shall I say, older marketers, uh, more senior, more experienced people who were brought up in that environment of mass media. This is a whole different thing. And a lot of the managers, uh, the baby boomers are it's mysterious to them. It's not comfortable. They rejected it first. Where the millennials and the Gen Xers, this is how they were raised. So they're very comfortable with it. And there's a strength in that experience that they have. Well, what happened for you? You were in the media as a talent, both on television and in radio. What happened or what made you go, hmm, maybe I can do something with this in terms of business and then launching What's Up Interactive, what in 1990, I think. Right. Uh, so how did that transition? happened to you? I was fascinated with broadcasting as a business. So it wasn't that I wanted to be a TV star. It was right. that I was really interested in the way that the business worked. Got into radio in college, had a blast. It was, uh, you know, you're fortunate if in your career you can do something where it fits, where what you're doing is, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. That's and, what happened and, with me. Well, there you go. And and you've had significant I was in healthcare. And yeah. Now, you know, I mean, I'm this, in radio. Is, this is good. A lot of people do that. A lot of people don't. A lot of people are afraid to do it. They stay with what they're familiar with and they hit a dead end. And then it's a real challenge to figure out what to do next. Well, you made the leap to something entirely different. My transition was a little bit different because the original product that What's Up Interactive produced targeted the media. So I took something that I learned from working in radio and TV news and created a product for it because I knew that it would work. And it did. And 
And so we were cash flowing the first week when we were working out of our house. So what were you trying to do for the, your media clients? Well, this was when, so 1990, high tech in 1990 was a fax machine. Right. And so we created a daily, essentially newspaper that you bought space in to promote your event or your press release or whatever. And we faxed it to the media at five o'clock in the morning when they were just arriving at work and they were desperate for new local stories. And this was local, local, local. What's up Atlanta was the name of it. So you buy space in it. We send it out for free to the recipients. And it was a huge success for about 10 years, generated enormous dollars until the web came along and replaced the fax machine as a way to communicate. Mm -hmm. So it was seizing on your understanding of an industry and you can probably do that because you came out of healthcare. So somebody listening to this, if you're in a job you don't like and you're in a field that you understand and you do like, well, what can you do based on your knowledge of the field? How can you serve a need that isn't being adequately served? And that's that's what I did. But getting off the air, it just sort of evolved that way. Plus, if you're on the air, and, and you know this, sitting here doing this, you have to feed the beast every day. It takes new content and new things to talk about that people will find interesting. So I'd done it for so long that finally I felt at that point like I'd said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> you know, maybe not so much now because I've I'm, I'm kind of got an itch. Get back into it a little bit, never as a full-time employee, but yeah. I, think I, I think I enjoy doing that. Obviously, the rise of the internet in the mid-90s in terms of general consumption began. And, and obviously that would probably be a pretty strong signal. Well, the, our fax medium is not going to hold up for very much longer. So how did you then start to pivot to take advantage of what the internet offered in those early days to stay around ah, for another word. 15 years? You said the word, the P word. <laughs> uh, and this is, you know, again, doing a business show on television, statewide television, interviewed a CEO every week for about 30 years, which was like a mini master's degree. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that seemed to be consistent among all those CEOs was the need to pivot. No matter who you are, you have to become, and no one is, comfortable pivoting. Right. And it, certainly moving away from this cool little fax product that we had first in our house and then in a very small office, it was so exciting. To pivot away from that when it was kind of obvious that fax, now imagine it's 1995. You've built a business doing something and it's been a thrill and it's been profitable and it supported your family. Are you going to kill it? Because the marketplace is changing. And, yes. and in fact, looking back, it's so obvious that, of course, why wouldn't you? Are you serious? Facts. But it's impressive you were able to stay viable for 10 years. You talked about yeah. how that lasted so long. I was impressed by that. Well, we finally killed it. And it exists today as a product online called Daybook, Atlanta Daybook, which is uh, familiar, yeah. which reaches through email and through web and social media, particularly social. You have to be able to pivot. That's probably one of the most important lessons that came out of covering business and interviewing CEOs is that you have to be comfortable moving away from that which got you to where you are as the marketplace evolves. And if you read Good to Great, which is one of the books that sort of defines business success, that's one of the central messages of the companies that are great are ones who brutally abandon business models that were no longer working and evolved with the marketplace. I've always maintained that you have to do it. Your business has to do it. Cities and towns have to do it. If you look at cities and towns across Georgia, there is a wide disparity between those that are successful and those that are struggling. 
that don't have a brand. If you look at Savannah, uh, it's phenomenally successful and wasn't always. Right. They got it together. If you look yes. at what Augusta is doing, it's very successful. Macon is struggling. It doesn't have a yeah. brand. What are they? Yeah. Um, They're just so, a town in the middle of the state. So it's easy to point to that as an example. And it affects you in your career just as much as it does a, a city, town, a business, and other individuals. We've been talking with on-air personality, both in television and in radio, and now CEO of What's Up Interactive, Richard Warner, joining me in the studio. We're talking a little bit about the evolution of him going from primarily an on-air talent to someone more behind the mic and the camera to help businesses tell their story and then also position that story in front of the people that they need to consume it so that they will convert into clients. And so when you began to transition towards the internet, I mean, I'm sure in those early days, it probably wasn't, uh, I'm sure there weren't very many people that had an idea of how to really use the internet. How did you manage to take clients and help them begin to tell their story in those early days of the internet? What did you really learn in, in that process? Yeah, it was crazy. I'm, I'm a student of early television and this was kind of like early television yeah. in that nobody really knew right. what to spend. They didn't know how to reach people. And, and the end user, the internet, was, I remember when uh, getting somebody to attach something to an email was, you know, we had to walk them through how to do it. The search process was so infantile at that point in time. I did a a segment on Fox 5 on Good Day Atlanta one morning about Google and they got a complaint from somebody who said Google's never going to amount to anything. You need to be covering Alta Vista. <laughs> Alta Vista and Lycos. Uh, yeah, and you know, I mean, it was Yahoo. so nobody really knew. And it's gone from how much do we spend on this? Is it competition for the way we currently communicate with customers that we're going to be pouring money into this deep hole that we're never going to get back? And at that point, remember there was the dot com bubble. It was because people did overinvest. They didn't know what to do. And now the web has really become core to just about every business that's out there. You have to have a strategy. It's how you get customers and how you communicate. And no matter whether you're using a platform like this, whether you're using social as a, as a way to reach people, Home Depot learned it. Who wants to buy our stuff over the internet? They're going to yeah. come into our store. We got lots of stores, expensive real estate, and it's heavy and bulky and lumber and you know, pipe but, fittings. But they, it wound up being a significant source of revenue to Home Depot. So you have to figure that out for your business. And to your point, how do you use that? How do you create content that's relevant to your customers, that's not sales oriented, that's going to help them and give you credibility? It's much harder than traditional media running commercials that often enough that you beat it into somebody that they need your product. And I think therein lies the rub today. We talked about Alta Vista and Lycos and those early runners in terms of the search engines that were out there. Back then, when you had your website, you would just type some particular words into the text of your of your website or do something sneaky like put all white text on an all white background and just type big paragraph full of comma separated keywords to try to make yourself get found by the search engines. Of course, now that the really, I mean, who is even coming close to Google with regards to what people search on? I know Bing and all those are trying to make a dent, but I'm sure they're, I haven't looked at the stats, but I'm, I'm sure yeah, there's Google, quite, Google dominates. They're, for they're sure. far enough, yeah. they're, they're, they're far enough in front that they're almost not in the race anymore. But now it is about, if you look at the way Google positions you in terms of relevance, when you're searching for a keyword or phrase, it's about, is there content on a given website and is it new or recent? Is it changing? Is it updated? 
are people linking to it? Are they going to it? Are they reading it? Are yeah. they, when, the, when it comes up in the search results, are people accessing it? That is the business model. And it's such a big business model that they had to continue to refine it. And Google does major changes to the search algorithm all the time. And businesses that base their business on tricks to try to get found, actually not anymore. They, they very quickly it's got hard to squashed. Yeah. Um, and, and it's because there's such value in making the search results accurate and relevant. There's a business model for that. And so Google, one of the most valuable companies in the world, mastered it. But what it means for you is it has to be real. Whatever it is that you're selling and promoting, you have to be able to give away some degree of valuable information to entice the customer to give you their time, which is such a valuable commodity when you have an unlimited number of sources that a customer can go and visit and digital or not. When you're sitting down with a client for What's Up Interactive and maybe you've redone their look and feel of their website mm -hmm. and got them set from an aesthetics and a user experience. How do they navigate it? Is it intuitive and elegant in that way? What are we talking about when we talk about content? When I think about trying to write a blog post, I'm like, what the heck would I write about? I, I'd it gives me respect for the people that are putting out pieces on a regular basis that... Well, that's because it's CW writing about what does CW know that's relevant to someone. Yeah. If you're a business, then you're generating content of relevance to your customers, which is going to be easier because it's not, the sky's not the limit. You're narrowing what it is you're talking about to what you do or your industry's news or what that would be of interest and value to those who consume your product. And how do you evaluate, is my content that I'm sharing on my website useful? Do you just go by how many times it's viewed on a, you use analytics? How do you get in and start trying to refine? Because I would imagine at some point along the way, there's got to be some sort of a, fine-tuning, if you will, because you can put out content that nobody hears or nobody reads. It's the ultimate people vote with their feet people vote with their eyes, are you putting out content that people are consuming? And that will tell you if it's relevant or not. If you put it out there and you do a degree of social marketing, then the readers become your promoters. So there's really no way to fake it. You have to be putting out, and it really is an indication of how good you are, of how relevant you are, how much you understand what it is that the marketplace is asking, demanding. It's so fast now that when you're putting content out, it will be consumed if it's relevant. It will not be consumed if it's not. It will get shared. It will get picked up because it's being shared. It'll get picked up by search engines. So you can very quickly become relevant and the traffic that comes to your website is an order of magnitude higher when it's good and it's updated frequently. And likewise, if it's not, you will drop quickly. So it has to be fed all the time. Where does What's Up Interactive fit into that content creation, into distribution, where to put it? Right. I would say that digital as a uh, marketing platform has evolved quickly from we can build your website and we'll charge you a lot of money to do that. It's become commoditized, the actual construction of a website. And that's just how an industry evolves. Yeah. What has not evolved is what it is that you're saying. So what we, our value, what we uh, accomplished for clients is the creation of content, whether it's audio, video, text-based, to reach the audience and accomplish the business goal that it it is they're trying, and that has to be very clear at the outset. 
then that's part of the process is figuring out what is the outcome that you're trying to get from this and how do we get there? Who is it we're trying to reach? How do they consume the content? What is the content relevant to them that will get them to spend time with you? Because it's gone from the 50s and 60s where mass media had limited feedback and it all revolved around how many times you ran your TV commercial. Yeah. Now it's become, how do you post relevant content on the web that people will want to come and consume? If you're retail, that could that could be a very robust way to look at all of your products with descriptions and user reviews and things like that. And if you're in an information-based business, it's being a thought leader and conveying content of relevance to the audience that's going to be buying your product. And we're not necessarily talking on everything we're putting out being revolved around my product per se. Thought leadership are, you know, what are your opinions and strategies and experience and outlook related to what it is that you do? Now, in some ways, it really does need to tie back to the product. It just can't be, here's why we're great. Right. Us, us, us. That's it's really right. not. It can't be an infomercial every time you put a piece out. You can't. I mean, it just won't get consumed. It has to be about them and it has to be valuable content that will help them accomplish their business goals too. So how do you, if I'm a, the the business owner that you're dealing with, and and I just mentioned a moment ago, I'm, I'm, if I have to sit down and write a blog post, every once in a while I'll have an idea and I'm like, I'm going to write about that because it spurs a thought. But just sitting down, I'm, I need you to write a blog post. I'd be like, geez, what am I going to write? What am I going to write about? How do you pull my story out? How do you pull out information from me? Because one of your services that you provide essentially is helping me create that content sure. and tell that story. How do you drag that out of me to, so that we can, using the information that I have that maybe I just don't understand exactly how I need to spit it out, how do you pull that out so that it then becomes content that somebody will consume? CW in this case, so uh, Business Radio X, we're sitting in a studio. There is a business model behind this. What lessons have you learned in the course of running this business about how your customers, in this case, that's me sitting behind a microphone, what have you learned about ways that I can more effectively grow my business? And you want to tie in how Business Radio X is going to be able to facilitate that, how it's a platform to make that happen. But what I'm interested in is how I can solve problems for my customers, which is what we're doing here. We're talking mm -hmm. about uh, hopefully I'm giving some insight into how digital can grow a business no matter what it is. Well, that's the real, if you cut right through it, this is not about raising Business Radio X's profile or CW's profile. It is about raising Richard Warner at WhatsApp Interactive's profile. But in reality, what I got to be able to do sitting here is talk about about what I've learned that can help my customers grow their business. And that's the secret. When I'm talking to a customer, when the team is talking to a customer, the focus is how can we grow your customer's business? Because that's how you grow your business. Right. And then what about determining what platform or media format that you're going to distribute your content through video, audio, written? How do you determine what the best channel would be, or do you try to cover them all with maybe some no, of the same No, you message? don't. It's a good question because it depends on what business you're in. I'll give you an example. We're about to do a video for a technology company that manages digital, like cell phones, cell phones, two-way communication devices for large companies. Now, you're, you're, you're a big company, you're Macy's, and think about how many devices 
Macy's has to manage for its employees to get the jobs done. So that's not only on the sales floor, but that's all the distribution and the guts that go on behind the scenes. Thousands of devices. Well, those devices break and new ones come in and employees get hired and they have to have their own device. How are you going to do that? And so this company, this customer of mine, does it. They take Macy's infrastructure, its cell phones and digital assets, and manages it for Macy's. Somebody drops their device at work their Macy's own device. Well, then it gets shipped to this company and they ship one out that is loaded with all the correct software. All right. So this is a mountain of detail and they do it for lots of different companies. So it's a fairly sophisticated operation that they do. Very visual. So 80% of what you remember is what you see. So we want to be able to show what they do. We want to show their facility. We want to give you an idea of what it looks like when your employee drops their phone, what happens to it. So there's an example where video was the right platform for this company to convey to potential customers what they do. There's another product that we have which revolves around information security. So you don't want your company to get hacked. The most common cause of a hack is employees. Mm -hmm. So here's one where a video works, but in reality, audio works to explain in detail. It's not the visuals of this are not really compelling, yeah. but the content is. So maybe a digital magazine, which is updated with the latest information about threats and how to avoid the targeting your employees or an interactive game, which the employee can take and you know they took it and you know how well they did. So it's really important to know what is it that we're trying to accomplish here and then we can figure out the right platform audio, visual, text, interactive, game, whatever. What's best going to accomplish that goal? We were talking yesterday a little and the, the notion of Google came up and we talked about how increasingly things like video, for example, and placing that on YouTube, which is now a Google property. How important is it to have some measure of video content coming out either through your social media presence or your website? Well, it, it, Depends. It depends on your audience and your business goal and so forth. You don't need Google. You don't need search. In some cases, if you have a defined audience of potential customers that you're trying to reach, then you can target those customers based on how you can best reach them. We're working with the Georgia Chamber of Commerce right now, just developed a digital magazine. So their goal was to profile a lot of Georgia businesses convey a lot of information, make it easy to share so that they can reach non-members of the Georgia Chamber who might be interested in becoming a member and explain almost as a secondary priority why you would want to do that. What does the Chamber offer you as a business mm -hmm. in Georgia? And so this magazine was a, a platform that was versatile enough that it can accomplish a lot of stuff. It can in incorporate video. It can incorporate an audio interview like this. It can incorporate an article that's two, four, six, a thousand words, uh, you know, lots of different ways to reach these people and then ways to share it. Well, Google is not a, a huge factor because the audience you're trying to reach is fairly well defined in Georgia. And through sharing and through marketing, you can use email, for example, as a way to target those people. Now, that's not to say that Google's irrelevant, but just in, it's an example of how there are no two problems that are alike. It's interesting as it relates to 
email, I don't know, maybe I'm a laggard. I don't, I'm not very receptive to email communications. Unless it's relevant to Trying you. to sell me. Well, but again, I'm, you know, if you're trying to sell you that as uh, the mallet over the head is not a good way to go. But this Chamber Digital Magazine, for example, it's called the Georgia Influencer, is a good example of a sales vehicle. I mean, there's ads for the chamber in it, and there's certainly a preference, I would imagine, over time that's going to be given to chamber members in terms of being featured in it. But it's got to be a relevant source for you as a business owner to learn from other people's successes and failures. That's the content that's in it. And in addition, there's some stuff about the chamber and so forth. But I'm going to promote that by email, and I'm going to attract you as a reader, a consumer, because it's going to have that relevant information for you that other entrepreneurs have shared in that publication. So it's not an ad and it can't be an ad because it'll wind up in your spam filter and Mm -hmm. that's that. So it's a waste, making it an ad is a waste of time. So for WhatsApp Interactive, who's your client? I mean, what's the profile of the typical business that can benefit from linking up with the experts with you and your team? You know, I would say a mid-sized business. Uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of experience dealing with big companies. AT&T is our biggest client. We did Ingersoll Rand's global website, did a lot with that. And, and I, what I found was, with the exception of AT&T, large companies have resources. They tend to need large organizations, marketing organizations to integrate with theirs for projects. And so part of what you have to do as a business is decide who your market is. You know, is it, sure, it's great to have that logo on your website, but did you have to kill yourself to try to integrate in, meet the legal requirements, insurance requirements, all that stuff that they take for granted? Or is it a medium-sized business, which probably has marketing team that could always use more resources? They're probably understaffed. The problem with small businesses is you're spending Bob's money. And Bob's sitting across the table from you. Now, there's there's a whole business model and there's a whole ecosystem of experts who can help small business market themselves digitally or perform other services. But I, I found that the mid-market was really underserved and had the money to pay the rates that you need to grow your business. And that that's just my business model. Uh, you know, depending on what yours is, there's nothing wrong with targeting small business if you're a small business. How many of those businesses would you say you encounter as you, you mentioned that you're part of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, how often are you talking to that mid-sized business executive? And based on what you learn in some conversation about their their business, you think, oh, yeah, they, they're probably somebody that I'm perfect to help. Yeah. How often do you find that they don't necessarily know that yet? Do you oh, see what I'm saying? They, they don't realize it. that they need you. So getting into the core of any business, and it's really the topic what we're covering, business development, how do you sell? How do you sell your business? How do you grow your business? And the top of the pyramid, as far as I can tell, is having a replicable model that average employees can deliver on that's got a good predictable cash stream and is profitable from the get-go. The service business is not like that unfortunately. So if I owned a a retail store that was a chain, that's the business model, if you're successful, that you're going to have. But in the service business where it's intellectual capital, it's strategy, you really have to get in front of the person. You have to sit down at breakfast or across the table or whatever, and you have to spend time with them and really listen and ask strategic questions about what their challenges are. 
what's your competition? What's your, is your problem that there's a dominant competitor who's eating your lunch? Is it that you can't figure out who your customer is? You know, what are the things that are unique to your business? And then you can figure out what the strategy is for you to help. And in almost every business, they can use this kind of help in growing their business, whether it's audio, video, print, thought leadership, marketing, and they may not be comfortable sitting by in front of a microphone or being interviewed or whatever. And your job is to make them look good. How, when it comes down to digital marketing, spending money on experts to create content and so forth, are there ways that you can measure, I've spent this money investing in this service to brush up on the content that we're offering. We've got the look and feel of our website in line, things like that. How do they track with this sort of strategy, how effective it is? So it, it depends. The Georgia Chamber is able to get real-time updates on how many and who have accessed the Georgia Influencer Digital Magazine. So part of that was, how are those numbers stacking up compared to, first of all, what they expected? And I'm not sure they had expectations. Probably more importantly, how does it stack up to what their potential advertisers in that next issue expect. And obviously they, they want to make this a profit center. So there's your scorecard. In AT&T's case, so we, we do, uh, we've done about 2,000 videos for AT&T, instructional videos that are designed to help you as a customer get questions answered without having to call the 800 number. And they have a metric for that. They are very metrics driven. They know how many people view those videos. They have, they can go very deep in it. They also get comments from people who watched the video. Was it good? Did it accomplish what it was supposed to? So they, they're able to do, and shares, social shares. That's not as important as the comments. AT&T has metric. And so company that size can afford to invest in and create those metrics. And they know what effective, what level of effectiveness these these products are doing. For you, if you're, if you're a mid-sized business or a small business, it's probably going to come down to, did my phone ring? And that's really the unscientific and yet highly relevant metric that's going to determine if it was a good investment. Mm-hmm. And if they ended up becoming a customer, I suppose. And through these channels, I guess, as you're talking about, it is possible to assess whether or not it's being consumed and and to what extent that it is, and then make decisions on either changing the topic or thrust of that content or its delivery channel. Digital has metrics attached to it, and it gets back to what were your expectations, what's realistic, what sort of improvement are you experiencing compared to what you were doing in terms of traffic and how long people are consuming the content that you put out there. Ultimately, though, it comes down to how many people, how many checks cleared the bank as a result of the contacts I made as a result of doing this? Mm-hmm. And as good as digital is in doing that, if it's executed well, it still is a very quick and clear feedback vehicle for you if you are providing what the marketplace wants. It would seem to me that when we're talking in the respect to the business-to-business community that, in my opinion, I think digital is far more valuable than traditional broadcast media. Well, but if you're selling air conditioning repair, you are using traditional media as the top of the funnel to get people to remember that you are credible. So as a B2C vehicle, business 
consumer, mass media is still yeah. extremely valuable. But if you're B2B, then it does get down into creating the expertise online that gives you the credibility to attract a customer that hasn't used you before. Yeah, I, I would agree in that given the fact that particularly with specific B2Bs, their their market niche can be very, very narrow and if you're going traditional broadcast mediums, it's for the number of people that are actual targets in the market you're going to be spending the money on. You could really be way overspending when you compare it to digital channels where you can, for the same spend, put it in far more of a dense body of those specific people you need to reach. It depends. Uh, you know, uh, we we had for many years, we had the lottery uh, as, as, a, uh, as a client. And we were the uh, digital agency for them, created the website, did digital marketing, and uh, learned a lot about what, what it takes to run a lottery. There is a direct correlation in lottery ticket sales to television and billboard advertising. So they can't stop. Coke will tell you the same thing. There's a, there are a Coke like AT&T is grounded in metrics and they know that if they change the mix of advertising, it will have this impact on sales. So those are consumer brands that everybody is aware of and visibility of the masses is still, it's getting harder, but it's still how you maintain your market share. It's how, I mean, the spend. Um, but it's very quickly becoming, even for television networks and for other mass media vehicles, digital is still now the emerging, has not finished emerging yet. Particularly with the rise of the mobile device, I can't tell you how often, almost every time I'm in a store that I'm going to spend on appliances or electronic technologies, things like that. I'm almost always on my device in the store, often either reading reviews sure. of a given thing. Um, and Social's huge. To- That's evolving too. It is critical. Your social media presence, reviews, feedback from customers over which you have no control are extremely important in a competitive situation where it's not enough for you to act like the expert. The problem with social is that you have trolls and that can work either way. That can be you or your friends or whatever paying or otherwise enticing, encouraging people to write positive reviews. And the opposite is true. Competitors can post negative reviews anonymously. So people, I think, are learning to take social reviews with a grain of salt. <laughs> throw out the highest and throw out the lowest. Throw out the highest and lowest. That's <laughs> it. So it's not totally accurate, but it is very important. What about which social media platform to position yourself in? Because now, gosh, I don't know, there's probably over 50 different social media platforms. It's big out there. business. Facebook has evolved its algorithm. This is now the value of the company, public company. How are you going to increase your stock price? They have the same pressure that General Electric does. And what they have done with it is figure out how to monetize what you see on your Facebook feed more and more and more. Facebook used to be more or less a free promotional platform. So you could talk about your business and, you know, it was and they'd show it to everybody. No yeah. problem. Well, you know, now that's evolved very quickly to become who pays is who's seen. That's right. And that's just how the marketplace evolves. So which social platform? Well, if you can get shares from people who are potential customers, friends, whatever, shares can, if the content is very good, uh, lead to an exponential increase in the number of people who view your content. It's been very interesting to, I posted something on my blog at richardwarner.com one time about Ted Turner. And it was because I knew Ted, I had interviewed him. He had said several things that I thought were relevant. And I posted this thing on a day when he was in the news. And the traffic from that because I 
posted it. I posted relevant content at a time when it was particularly relevant. The traffic was huge, by far the biggest traffic I'd ever had. And it was people who didn't know who Richard Warner was, didn't live in Atlanta, weren't going to hire What's Up Interactive. They were just interested in Ted Turner. That's part of the secret is back to the relevant content. Is it timely? Is it going to get shared? This did. And to the extent you can figure that out, requires constant attention and feeding, but the benefits are extraordinary. Tell people where they can go to get information about What's Up Interactive and the various solutions that you provide. Audio, video, and can help you generate quality content that's relevant to your customers. You can go to whatsupinteractive.com or you can call me there at 770-407-8900. And if you're coming back, checking us out on the podcast, if you've not done so already, go to the upper left-hand corner of the Midtown Business Radio Show page. You'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store to the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast and subscribe to to us. That way, each week's new episode will be downloaded to your device when it comes out, and you'll be able to check it out on the way to work, walking the dog, whatever the case may be. We hope you turn around and share this on your social media networks as well. You might put it in the hands of one of your friends or someone you care about that ends up helping them. So we hope you do that. And social content. That's right. And clearly, Richard Warner here is somebody that can certainly help give you some great advice. And if you need to, some experience in terms of creating that content that will drive people to see you as the thought leader and the place to go when they finally do actually need something that they can purchase from you. So, Richard, I appreciate you taking some time. It's a lot of fun getting to sit down with media person. <laughs> I take taking notes. Ah, very good, CW. <laughs> good, good to see you. And I, I look forward to having you back. We'll have to have you back to talk about some other topics as well around digital marketing strategy, because obviously there's a lot to be talked about there. And for all the folks that made us a part of your day today, we really want to say thank you very much. We appreciate your time and we'll see you all same time, same place next week. 